Welcome to a message by Highway Christian Community. Highway Christian Community is a church in Pinetown pastored by Steve and Janet Wheeler, whose vision is to make disciples. You can visit their website at www.highway.org.za. We hope that today's message enlightens the eyes of your heart to know the goodness of God and awakens you to live your God-given purpose. Enjoy. Well, just a big warm welcome to you this morning. Yes, it's going to be 31 degrees today. And uh, thank you for your ongoing prayers, your love, and we're going to take up the offering. This is a good time to uh, show our uh, unity and faith. Faith. And some, some, just, it boils down to faith. It boils down to, I know one and one equals two, but sometimes one and one equals three. And I just have to trust that God is able to do abundantly above all I ask or imagine. It's really just a thing called faith. And that's how the kingdom operates. Come on. Say with me. The kingdom operates by faith. You see, everything Jesus did, he did to be accessed by faith. He's not going to just pour it out from heaven. There was a time of manna from heaven under a different covenant. But now they're sowing and reaping. We're in the land. And it's now in the new covenant, faith is the sowing and reaping. What we give, we receive. And I'm not just talking financially, in everything. When we believe God and come into agreement with what he's promised to do, that is our part. That is our partnership. And God does nothing without partnership. He has given himself a limitation. He did this out of his great purpose. Because he who can do anything chose to limit himself not to do anything without the partnership and agreement of his created beings on earth. That's how he's building his kingdom. Through our agreement. So we've been looking at this topic for several weeks and I've tried as best as I can as I've got excited about understanding the kingdom through new glasses and seeing its effect. I'm also aware that there are other gifts in this church really around the gift of teaching that can add a component within the framework of advancing the kingdom, seeking first the kingdom and his righteousness. So if we look at the topic of prayer, we look at it in the framework of how the kingdom operates, the keys of the kingdom. If we look at finances, we look at it through the framework of the kingdom, the keys of the kingdom. If we look at identity and who we are in Christ, we look at it within the framework Ambassadors, citizens, sons and daughters. This morning, uh, Lee's going to come and share around this topic of the kingdom, but particularly along the lines of having a generous spirit. Because that's how the kingdom works. You see, we're not in the culture of this natural terra firma. We're in a culture of a celestial celestial terra firma and that's how we pray from heaven to earth we don't pray from heaven's needs to earth earth's needs to heaven we pray as it is in heaven let it be on earth so lee thank you for sharing this word with us 
I know it's something that's very much part of her own life. And it's always good to hear a message when it comes from someone who's living in it. Say, so, okay, so how long did it take her to prepare that sermon? Oh, no, probably most of her life. <laughs> you know, I get to move around and talk to people and I pick up things. And no, no, they're they living this stuff. And oh, this is, the church needs to hear this. This is a word that's really going to build faith. And faith is the key of the kingdom. So open your hearts and God bless you. Um, I am super duper excited to be here. Uh, it's so, so lovely to, to see all of your wonderful faces and to be able to speak without wearing a mask. <laughs> There's also that. Uh, so yeah, it's really, really, really good to be here. Uh, and uh, you might recognize this if you are on Facebook or WhatsApp. Uh, this was the image that uh, Tam made for uh, today's preach. And I just wanted to start with that because uh, I love how uh, it's a place of rest. Thanks, Tam. <laughs> and uh, and uh, let's just keep that picture on our minds as we as we move ahead, uh, as we as we move forward in what we're looking at. So, unlocking abundance, unlocking abundance. Doesn't that sound wonderful? <laughs> I, I feel like it's just the antidote to what we're going through at the moment. The antidote to the kind of toxic. Uh, uh, oppression and depression and suppression and all pressions of what we're going through at the moment is, is just to lift our eyes and to see the abundance that God has called us to and, and see how, what, what are the heavenly keys that God has given us into unlocking the abundance that he has already provided for us. It's not like we're kind of trying to twist his arm, go on a hunger strike and say, you know, to, to get him to do something he hasn't already done. He's provided this abundance. What are the keys that he's given us to unlock that abundance? And so partnering with God to bring heavenly realities into the current day, the current time, this is what we're called to do in every area of our lives. In everything we do, that's what we're doing. We're partnering with God to bring heavenly realities into today. And so it's always so tempting at this point to just give some qualifications. Um, and by qualifications, I don't mean like degrees. I mean, uh, just say, well, but just make sure that you don't kind of go into this excess or that wada wada or something something and to start qualifying this message that God has given us and say, well, terms and conditions apply. You know, you always hear these big adverts, something wonderful is happening, T's and C's apply really, really fast right at the end or sometimes at the beginning. And, and I just want to say, I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> it's going to be so tempting. While I was preparing, I was getting myself into this big knot and saying, I just want to spend half my time qualifying everything I've got to say. And I got so frustrated. Uh, but let me just start with, uh, everyone here is at a different stage of understanding. Everyone here is at a different stage on their journey uh, of understanding and accessing and experiencing God's abundance in their lives. And so if I try and do the work of applying what I'm saying uh, into your life, I'll spend this much time talking and this much time on that. Uh, I'm not here to do the Holy Spirit's work. Holy Spirit does his job. I'll do my job, and that's telling you what God's word has to say about this, and I'm going to let him do, do his job. Uh, and I'll, I will give some pointers, some pointers, just on how we can get this into our heads and get this into our spirits, but I'm going to let God do, do his thing. Some people are going to need to uh, learn to be more generous in their, in their marriage where they're generous, 
generous in other areas. Some people need to learn about not being motivated by guilt. Some need to do some outrageous giving. Uh, some need to start small. Some need to learn to stick to a budget. Some need to learn to blow their budgets. And so if I try and tell them, uh, no, I'm not even going to bother. So there you go. <laughs> uh, and yeah, let, let Holy Spirit as you're listening to this, I just see like this, this parallel flow. As these words are coming, I see Holy Spirit just talking to your heart at the same time and, and letting you know what he's wanting to do with those, with those words. And I really am so appreciative for the, the last couple of weeks with uh, Mark and Richard preaching. Uh, it, it really feels like this flows so nicely on from that. And it's just amazing, again, how Holy Spirit works. He's, he's got this. He's totally got this. Uh, and I love, I love how he does that. And I'm... I'm feel so privileged to, uh, to be working from, from that base. And so I'm starting in 2 Corinthians 8. Uh, it looks like I'm going to be starting with 2 Corinthians 8 this week, and you've got me again next week. Sorry, guys. Um, and, uh, but then we'll do 2 Corinthians 9. So I'm happy about that. <laughs> and so what I'm wanting to look at, uh, you can see here, it's, it's generosity commended. Uh, 2 Corinthians 8 is where Paul commends uh, people's generosity. And so I'm wanting to draw out that link between generosity and abundance. So we'll, we'll have a look at that as we, as we move forward. And I'm looking a bit at an uh, exegetical approach semi-exegetical approach, just working through the scriptures one by one and, and seeing uh, what God is trying to tell us with that. So we've got uh, the, this is, okay, 2 Corinthians is what we know as Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 8, uh, and so he's writing a letter to the church in Corinth about the church in Macedonia, uh, the churches that he planted on his second missionary journey. Uh, and those churches are the, the Berean church, uh, the church in Thessalonica, and the church in Philippi. And they had been experiencing uh, incredible suffering and extreme poverty. Uh, and by comparison, the church in Corinth was wealthy. So he's, he's sending this letter to the church in Corinth, talking about the Macedonians and this incredible generosity that the Macedonians had, had shown. And I think... This is a good place to start because on a global sense, there has been uh, a lot of, of suffering. And I think I remember someone saying the greatest disruption uh, to life since, since uh, the Second World War, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And so it really is a huge thing that most of us have never experienced. And uh, a lot of people are going through very, very difficult times for a variety of reasons. And... As humans, we have this built-in stress response that's supposed to help us in emergency situations. Uh, and that's the fight or flight. And recently, relatively recently, they've added the, the freeze option. Flight, fight, or freeze. So when people get into a difficult situation, uh, they, they either kind of, they start, you know, the blood flows away from their brains, yeah. mostly, <laughs> and into their fists, <laughs> or into their, into their uh, muscles so that they can be ready to fight, or alternatively, they just freeze and, and are, are, are unable to respond. Uh, and uh, yeah, away from their brains, that's the important one. <laughs> and so, I don't know if you've experienced over, over the last few months, just, just moments where you kind of, you know, your heart starts beating fast, uh, moments of anxiety, moments of you know, jaw clenching or clenching your fists or feeling your stomach is, is 
going a bit funny, that's also part of that flight or flight. Um, the blood goes away from your stomach, so your body says, we don't have resources to do digestion right now. We're sending all of our resources into your legs and arms to, to use your physical might to overcome a worldwide pan pandemic. Okay, <laughs> yeah, not, not working so well for us, but, uh, um, and, and so that's why we, we feel things in our stomachs as well, and so if you've experienced that any time over, over the last few months, you've experienced that, that fight, flight, or freeze, and, and so what can we do? For some people, uh, you know, the fight response uh, looks like uh, compulsive research. That's what it looks like for some people. For other people, uh, the fight response looks like uh, stocking up on toilet paper. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, what can I do to get some feeling of control about this situation? That's, that's what it looks like. For other people, it looks like um, being a keyboard warrior on Facebook. Um, and for other people, they get more of a freeze response. So they, they shut down, get more tired, just, just kind of lose energy, almost like a sense of hibernation. That would be our, our long-term freeze response. Because these three responses are meant to be for a quick, a quick moment, not for months. But what happens is that we get stuck in those things. We get stuck. Uh, even, um, I love being with people, but even as things started opening up, I just want to stay in bed. Do I really have to like put actual clothes on rather than pajamas? And... It, you know, I'd, I'd just gotten into this little insular world. I'd, throughout lockdown, I was, I was working right through. We had huge deadlines, so I was, I was kind of hibernating already. We had a massive focus point, and as that kind of lifted, I had to open my eyes all of a sudden and start finding, finding ways to be. Uh, and I think each of, this, each of us has experienced this differently. For some, the consequences, the physical, material, circumstantial consequences have been more serious than others. Some have lost loved ones, some have lost jobs and businesses and livelihoods. Things have been difficult, so how do we move forward? And I think Paul has some ideas for us. 2 Corinthians 8, he says, Beloved ones, we must tell you of the grace God poured out upon the churches of Macedonia. I'm using the Passion Translation. Uh, I just love uh, how new words for the same things help us to just see things a little bit differently and see things afresh. For even during a season of severe difficulty and tremendous suffering, they became even more filled with joy. Isn't that so incredible? And, and that's something that at Highway we feel that God has, has spoken over us in the last month or so, is this outpouring of joy. And, and uh, a, few, a few weeks ago, I just had this word, it's so serious that we have to have joy. Joy is an absolute necessity in times like this. And here we see that as they became even more filled with joy in that, in that time of suffering, from the depths of their extreme poverty, super abundant joy overflowed. So the word abundant means overflow. <laughs> and so super overflowing joy overflowed into an act of extravagant generosity. So you can see Paul's running out of words here to just talk about how abundant and how generous and how this, this incredible uh, superabundance flowed out of the Macedonians. How does extravagant generosity come out of extreme poverty? How does extravagant generosity come out of extreme poverty? 
And I think what's happening here is even in circumstances of scarcity, they had a mindset of abundance. And that's really the key here, is how do we step into a mindset of abundance? Our whole lives, we are trained to think of ourselves as being in lack. Every day, companies spend a fortune hiring other companies to convince us of yet another thing that we need, that we absolutely need right now, uh, and that trying to convince us of that need so convincingly that we will pay large amounts of money to fulfill that need. Many people benefit from us seeing ourselves as somehow unworthy, unimportant, unattractive, unlovable, and all the rest. And there's an act of rebellion when we say no. I'm not going to believe that lie. I'm not going to fall for that trap because that's not who God says I am. And that is one of the first keys that we can, to, can take to locking, unlocking that abundance. What does it say? What does it take to turn this around? We need to change from a scarcity mindset of never having enough to an abundance mindset of always having more than enough. Our minds need to be renewed until we have the mind of Jesus in every situation. And we know in Romans 12, uh, it says, do not be conformed. Uh, Passion translation, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed through the Holy Spirit, through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. And so I'm choosing to use the word scarcity mindset instead of a poverty mindset because I feel the word poverty carries a whole lot of more loading for, for many people. And so I'm trying to just zone in on this one thing for now and just focus on this. So if you wonder why I'm using scarcity as derived from the word scarce, scarcity. I, I remember reading once that if all the world's wealth was distributed equally to each person, that we would probably all have access to money more than we'd ever dreamed of. Uh, it would be a fabulous amount of money. But because of the current systems of the world, partly, and the current mindsets of people who design those systems <laughs> and keep them going, um, within months, most people would be back to where they started. And that's tragic. That's tragic. But we as Christians are called to subvert that. We are called to turn those, those things upside down and say, actually, there is enough. Actually, there is enough for every single person on this earth to live a comfortable life. There really, really is enough. There's, uh, there's millions of tons of produce that are, are tossed into dumps, into the ocean every year to maintain a certain price point. But then you'll have people saying, no, the earth is overpopulated. There's not enough. There's, there is enough. But there's an overabundance of greed rather than an abundance of generosity. And so we as believers, we can disrupt those systems. You think, what, what can I do to stop that happening? You can disrupt that system. Generosity is infectious. It absolutely is. Generosity is infectious. As we start to live generous lives, if, uh, lives as we start to uh, disrupt greed in our businesses, in our own dealings with people, as we start to change that, people start to change. And people design systems, people perpetuate systems. And as people change, systems will change. I absolutely, absolutely believe that. And so from that scripture, 2 Corinthians 8 verse 1 to 2, I just want to draw out these two things. And so I'm, I'm wanting to show 
uh, the two sides, the scarcity mindset and the abundance mindset. And this is not to, uh, not to make anyone feel horrible, but I feel like we've got this revelation. We really do. But I also want us to just see where there's, where there's just adjustments that need to be made, where we've had poverty mindsets. And actually, when somebody just points it out, you can go, oh, yeah, that's not me. That's not, that's, not, that's not how I see myself, or that's not how I want to see myself. And I feel like God is just wanting to make those, those tiny adjustments uh, that we can start to just renew our minds, renew our minds, renew our minds to, to have this abundance mindset. And so the Macedonians, they show us that uh, where some will have a scarcity mindset of, I'll give when I have enough. I'll give when I have enough. Uh, that the Macedonians show us I can give even from a place of physical lack because of my spiritual overflow. God has given every single one of us something to give. Absolutely every single one of us has something, something to give. And we'll see later that it's not about the amount, it's about the heart and the intention. And if we wait until we have enough, we'll never have enough. <laughs> we'll never give. Uh, because... because the thing is, these, these lead on from each other. Uh, abundance leads to generosity, and generosity leads to abundance, and, and so on. They, they lead, when something stops the flow, it stops the flow. And uh, yeah, when you have a scarcity mindset, there's never enough. There are extremely wealthy people who continue to accumulate obscene amounts of wealth. Why? They would never be able to make use of that wealth in their lifetime. And actually, where they would seem wealthy to us, I suspect that there's actually a scarcity mindset that leads to this, this obsessive accumulation of wealth, sometimes purely for the sake of accumulation. Uh, and then, yes, there will be some giving, but when that giving is seen as, as, a, as a percentage of that total wealth, there actually isn't generosity there. There's not a heart of generosity. It's a heart of, of accumulation, but... but Probably shouldn't be, shouldn't be too judgmental about this. Is okay, <laughs> um, but it's also one of those sticky spots because this idea of an abundance mindset has been used to tell people in poverty to be happy about their poverty. And I say no, that's not that's not what we want here. That's absolutely not what we want here. Uh, it's has been used to manipulate people into believing that living in abject poverty with a cheerful contentment is somehow uh, noble uh, and thereby removes the responsibility uh, from others to work towards ending that poverty, towards eradicating, eradicating that poverty. So those who have, been, have had the, the ability to, to work against poverty have used that idea to say, well, you know, they, they seem so happy. They seem so cheerful. It's okay. Uh, but... Uh, we can be content in all circumstances. We can encourage each other towards contentment and into an abundance mindset. But in no way does that absolve us from working to eradicate uh, the, the poverty and, and to sort out the circumstances of those who are suffering. On the contrary, contentment gives space to give. And as this part of spirit, this uh, spirit of giving becomes infectious, the right kind of infectious, then uh, poverty can be eradicated. Uh, and so the point of this passage that Paul is getting to is pointing out the generosity of the Macedonians to encourage the Corinthians in their giving. As we grow in our generosity, people will praise our Father in heaven, and we trust that they will be inspired in their generosity. 
Also, one of the things about a scarcity mindset is that we see the Macedonians breaking is even in their extreme poverty, they weren't saying, what can we get? Uh, what can I get out of this? Who will supply my needs? But what can I give? And whose need can I supply? And that's just an incredible thing. I remember even in my, in my own mind uh, as, a, as a student, <laughs> I had no money. Uh, and uh, I remember like, just wanting to buy a chocolate bar for a few months and just not having any extra to buy a chocolate bar. Uh, and so I remember getting into a scarcity mindset at that stage. And I would go and visit my parents and my mom would go shopping. And the whole time I would just be thinking, what can I get her to buy for me? <laughs> Because I just I lived in this in this uh, scarcity, and I and and so I started to see my own mom, which maybe I think that's how most kids see their moms to a large extent, <laughs> as you know, the as my benefactor who was who was going to provide all these wonderful things for me, and and so I saw her through the eyes of what can I get, uh, and and I was horrified when I realised that, and and it was a, quite a lovely change for me to say actually what can I give into the circumstance, and the incredible thing is when we come to things with that mindset, then. Things happen. Things work. So if you see these in you, just let God do flick the switch. That's all. That's all it is. Just let God flick the switch and move you into an abundance mindset. For I can verify that they spontaneously gave, not only according to their means, but far beyond what they could afford. They actually begged us for the privilege of sharing in this ministry of giving to God's holy people who are living in poverty. So now this is the Macedonians who are in extreme suffering and poverty, who are begging for the privilege of partnering with, of sharing with this ministry uh, to God's, God's holy people. And so it wasn't only uh, to their means, but beyond what they could afford. Uh, and again, and we all know horrible stories of people being manipulated into giving away their life savings uh, to buy the pastor a new suit. Sorry, Steve, not happening. <laughs> you wouldn't take it, I know. <laughs> but they gave spontaneously. It was a spontaneous uh, eruption of joy that came out as generosity. They didn't need anybody to twist their arms or to, or to anything like that. They, they begged for the privilege of, of partnering in this ministry. They gave spontaneously as an overflow of joy, not in response to guilt or manipulation. Uh, and I think that's so important uh, for us as well. Uh, generosity can be seen as a duty, motivated by guilt, among other things. Uh, but I believe that God wants us to embrace generosity as a privilege, motivated by joy and love. Because it truly is, it absolutely is a privilege to just be able to overflow into the lives of others and make, make an incredible difference. A scarcity mindset also uh, has this, this picture of a limited pie. <laughs> so if you can think of you know, a pie chart, if, uh, if, if this t somebody takes that slice, that means there's less for me. That's what we mean by a, a, a limited pie. That when someone else gets, then it mean, must mean that I lose. And I think this is quite a prevalent one for most of us. Uh, this one, I, I often hear this kind of mindset coming through in, in people's speech that if someone else is benefiting, I must be losing. And I'm not happy about that. Uh, but I believe that God has win-win outcomes for all of us. The, the, the pie is not limited when it comes to God. Everybody can benefit. It's not benefits at expense of another one else. It's everybody can benefit in God's economy. 
and and so then when we see other people uh, accessing God's abundance, I, I, I've had moments where I was thinking, well, it doesn't happen for me, so what's going on here? You know, getting all kind of grumpy and saying, I see them in abundance. <laughs> Rather, uh, when I see someone else accessing God's abundance, praise God. If he can do it for them, he can do it for me. That's a totally opposite way, a totally opposite spirit that we can, we can celebrate everybody's successes. It's not a competition. We can celebrate everybody's successes. We can celebrate everybody's blessing because we're all celebrating the same God and it's not a limited pie. Hallelujah. <laughs> I think also a scarcity mindset funnels us into this independent orphan thinking. Uh, whereas a, an abundance mindset gives us a community-oriented thinking. We, 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 how does my use of finance uh, affect the people around me, uh, for good or for bad? And so here yeah, we see the Macedonian Christians saying, we want to give to God's holy people. We see that they are struggling, and we want to give towards that. They had a community mindset. They had this, uh, this abundance mindset that flows out of this uh, community-oriented thinking. And... It also flows out of that love. Uh, and I'm always reminded of that scripture, uh, for God so loved that he gave. And you can stop there. For God so loved that he gave. Our giving is an, is an overflow uh, of our love. Okay, 2 Corinthians 8, verse 5. They exceeded our expectations by first dedicating themselves fully to the Lord. There you go. And then to us, according to God's pleasure, you do well and excel in every respect, in unstoppable faith, in powerful preaching, in revelation knowledge, in your passionate devotion, and in sharing the love that we have shown to you. So make sure that you also excel in graceful generosity. And what I feel like that is saying to us uh, is it's got to do with where is your treasure? Where is your treasure? Uh, and there's that scripture, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Uh, I love how um, the Passion Translation puts it again. Um, but I can't find it right now. Yes, there it is. For your heart will always pursue what you value as your treasure. And so a scarcity mindset is my money is mine. But an abundance mindset is everything I have is his anyway. I'm only looking after it. I'm here to work with God. He chooses to work through us. He works through us. He partners through us. Just as Steve was saying just now, we are the agents of change. We are the agents of abundance that God has, has put into this world. His, his best way of providing is to his people, through his people. To his people, through his people. Outside of, outside of obviously being able to give us the strength that we need to do the work that we need to do, that abundance that flows from person to person, that is what God loves to do. That's what the gospel is all about. Abundance flowing uh, through people to people. And God knows that often the area of finance is the last thing to be given over to him. And here Paul is encouraging them to extend their spirituality to their material resources. He says, your preaching, your revelation, everything, it's great. Let's make sure that this is, 
as great as all of those other things. And sometimes we think, well, you know, they, I've heard this joke that when people get baptized, they, uh, they take their keys and their wallet and their cell phone, I guess, and then they get baptized and then they you know, say, well, you can have all of me, but not my material possessions and my money and my... <laughs> so we're not proposing baptizing people with their keys and their wallets and their cell phones, but, uh, but just know that everything, absolutely, there's, there's no part of me that's not yours, Lord. There's no part of me that's not his. And he wants to redeem every single part of our lives. There's nothing that's separate. So uh, the scarcity mindset will say, well, my money doesn't come into this. Whereas a, an abundance mindset is my money can be redeemed by my spirituality. Money can be used for so many horrific things. It can be used to buy drugs. It can be used to, to do all sorts of horrific things. But money can also be used for good. And when we use money for good, it just explodes the value of that money. We can redeem it. For you have experienced the extravagant grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that although he was infinitely rich, he impoverished himself for our sake, so that by his poverty we could become rich beyond measure. And I think when we when we don't understand God's abundance, like what Richard's been speaking about, about God's favor, when it comes, either we don't see it, or we think it's not for us, or we, if, it's, if, if it just comes and, and there's nothing we can do to stop it, then we start to self-sabotage. I don't know if you've ever seen people who have incredible opportunities and they just make crazy decisions that, that just destroy those opportunities. And, and I sometimes feel that's not a lack of wisdom, but just not understanding the favor that, that God has given them. If you don't feel that, that uh, and it's not about deserving, it's actually not about you. It's not about what you deserve at all. It's about God's favor and about what he wants to pour out on his children. And if you start saying, I don't deserve this, and it's so often it's even a subconscious thing. People start to self-sabotage the, the incredible things that, that God has given them. Uh, and as we come into understanding this, we can, we can access the things that God has already given us and continue to, to see the incredible opportunities that he is uh, sending our way, that he's flowing our way. And that's one thing that I just want you to take into your, into your week as, as we uh, just uh, bring this to a close for now. There is a part two. Uh, and that is just to allow God's favor to break into your heart, to break that scarcity mindset, to, come, to, to enter into that abundance mindset and say, God, what is it? Where, where can I live in that abundance mindset that I'm living in a scarcity mindset now? And I really had an incredible sense that God was just gently, uh, the Bible says a, a bruised reed he will not break, a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. And if you feel like a bruised reed or a smoldering wick that there's just a sense of vulnerability, uh, God is so gentle and he's coming to, to, to relight that, that smoldering wick and to, and to reset that, that bruised reed. And just let him gently massage your heart just with his incredible love. As we understand his love, we can give that love to others. And we understand his generosity and his favor, we can grant that favor to others. And I'm so excited to see what God is going to do with this. I really, really am. As our eyes are lifted and we break open into that abundance, 
God is going to do incredible things, more than we can imagine. You know, if we're honest, there's a, an area of scarcity thinking in many areas of our lives. One area we have no problem to be generous, another area we're insecure. Just before you go, uh, yeah, sure. Lee. Um, and so I think uh, I'm going to ask Lee just to pray into that area. And for some, money is easy to be generous with, but other things are a problem. And you could just be uh, complimenting people, giving people your time. Uh, but whatever it is, don't you want to just pray for us that God will break that? I like the, the term scarcity mentality because poverty mentality became a little bit dull and overused. But where there's scarcity mentality, uh, pray into that and let's break it in the spirit realm so that it's not allowed in, in our lives here on earth. Amen? Let's stand up together and pray for us. Thank you, Steve. I, I, I really feel like Holy Spirit has something that He's wanting to release over us. It's not about what we deserve. I feel like God's saying it's not about what you deserve. It's not about what other people deserve. They may not deserve your generosity, but that's not, it's not about you. It's not about them. It's about Him. Lord, we just thank You. We thank You that You give us more than we could ever even think of deserving, that we are Your sons. My children could never earn the love that I have for them. I feel like God is saying, my children could never earn the love that I have for them. The wages of sin is death. We earn death through our sin. But the gift of God, the gift of God is eternal life. There's no way we could ever deserve that gift. We thank you, Lord, that your generosity doesn't depend on us. Break that in us now. Break that in us now where there's unworthiness in our hearts. Break it. It's not about us. It's about you. We look to you, Jesus. Your love, your sacrifice, your death on the cross. That unlocked, unlocked abundance for us. Thank you, Jesus. Where there's, where there's a meanness in your heart. Well, I'm not going to because it wasn't done to me. I just feel like God's saying, break it, break it. It's not about an eye for an eye. We passed that. That's gone. Overflow, overflow. Streams of living water will flow from your inmost being. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Your streams of living water flow out from us, flow out from us, flow out. Indiscriminately, you reign on the rich and the poor. You've scattered abroad your gifts. Just as someone scatters, scatters seed, you just give so generously. Thank you, Jesus. Break that, break that in us. Make those adjustments. Let that flow happen. Flowing, flowing, flowing. I just feel God is, some of you are even feeling that flow through you now. 
where, where you've felt dry, where you haven't felt that abundance of Holy Spirit, that Holy Spirit is just filling up, bubbling up inside, that overflowing, that super abundant joy, overflowing, that it's bubbling up inside, it's bubbling up inside and, and whew, just bubbling up and coming into overflow. We thank you, Jesus. Just give a moment for that bubbling up. One more moment for that bubbling up. And it's okay. Often we fill up a glass at the tap and you fill it up just enough. Because I don't want to make a mess. (laughs) I don't want to waste water. God just flows. (laughs) He's not worried about making a mess. He's not worried about wasting water. There's more than enough. There's more than enough. There's more than enough. More than enough. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, indeed, we serve a God of the more than enough. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Lee. Thanks for sharing that. Can you see why we needed to be here today? To hear that word?